You're listening to Season 2 of the Live 360 Podcast with Tony Sutherland, and this is Episode 44. All right, guys, we're going to jump in really quick here. And before we begin, I just want to remind you, especially if this is your first time listening to Live 360, I want to remind you to subscribe to this podcast. You can do it both on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, whichever platform you're listening from. want to ask you to leave us a review, give us some stars, and tell us what you think, and then want you to share this podcast with one or two other people in your circle of relationships. They're going to need to hear what you're about to hear today. Again, we're on part two of Revelations in the Green Room. And if you did not listen to last week's podcast, it will give a very good foundation and a little more perspective in what we're going to share today. You're going to get it out of today's podcast, even if you don't listen, but I encourage you to go back and listen because there's so much of my personal story that you need to know about for these seven things that I'm going to share with you today. I'm going to share seven revelations in the green room, and we're talking about the color green because in the latter part of 2019, the color green started to pop up everywhere in my life, and I sought the Lord early January of 2020, as I do every year, and I began to research and think about the color green. I felt like God was giving me a sign. God will give us signs, folks. You know, he said he would not give a sign to a wicked generation, but he would give signs to believers. It says that in Mark chapter 16, that signs will follow them that believe. And, uh, you know, so God gives us signs. And I believe every now and then we need to tune into the Lord to find out what are the signs in my life? What is God trying to show me? Because signs do help confirm the path that we're on and give us direction. And I really felt like in the beginning of 2020, tracking on these signs that God was showing me, that it was going to be a year of new beginnings. You know, when God speaks a word into your life, it's going to help you get through the tough times. And no matter what came, uh, the shutdown, the traveling ministry came, canceled. It affected my income in many ways, but I still believed all year last year that God spoke into my life and told me it was going to be a year of new beginnings. So we're going to conclude this part two podcast today talking about seven revelations in the green room. All right, guys, number one, new beginnings are always in seed form. New beginnings are always in seed form. You know, a lot of times we don't know what we're going through until we look back over it. You know, in the kingdom of God, I found that, you know, we have to take the test and learn the lesson later. In life, it doesn't work that way. You, you learn the lesson, then you take the test. But in God's economy, you have to take the test and learn the lesson. And as I was looking back over 2020, some powerful things came out of this whole experience. And one of the things was, is new beginnings are always in seed form. I was saying, God, you told me last year that it was a year of new beginnings. And even though I persevered and believed it, there were some times that I just didn't understand. And I was real with God. God, what happened? And this is what the Lord spoke to me. He said, Tony, I said it would be a year of new beginnings, not new harvest. 
And man, that opened up a whole new perspective of what I had been going through. You know, we think new beginnings are fully developed promises and projects and platforms and new income and new opportunities and new locations and breakthrough. Did you know breakthrough is only the result of small and steady push through? You don't get a breakthrough unless you push through. And, and in 2020, I was pushing through. Still feel like even here in 2021, I'm pushing through, but I'm starting to see some things. And I shared with you a little bit of our highlight reel. It wasn't all bad. We had some really great successes last year that would not have come if I didn't start something new. You know, what's going on underneath the ground is so much more significant than what is happening above the ground. Everybody sees what happens that comes out of the ground, but that blade of grass that comes up above the ground did not start without a seed going into the ground, getting covered up in dirt, and then its roots extending outward. We see all these big trees, but underneath the ground is a root system that has gone down and down and out into the dirt. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And it and it happens under the dirt. The most significant things that come above the surface happen under the dirt. You know, you may be getting dirt dumped on you right now. You may feel like you're underground and nobody sees what's going on and so much behind the scenes and so much work. But guess what? That's new beginnings. You're planting seeds into the ground. And a lot of things that you're doing right now may never be seen by people except for the things that happen above the ground. But the most significant part of anything you do starts under the dirt. Don't be surprised when you get dirt thrown on your head. Don't be surprised if nobody sees what you're doing and understands the processes and the struggles that you've gone through. That's all new beginnings because you're doing something that will start something. Breakthroughs and financial outpourings and opportunities and doors opening, that's that's not new beginnings. That's fruit from the real new beginnings that happen under the dirt. The most significant thing in your life is what happens beneath the surface. Just yesterday, I was on a Zoom conference call with several other preachers, and I was on a live television program out of Pakistan, and this television program, King Television, goes into 182 different nations of the world. And yesterday, while I was preaching the simple gospel of Jesus Christ to mostly Muslim countries, unreached people groups, over a million people were viewing that program and call after call after call was coming in. This would not have happened had I not started some new things last year. I've had more open doors than I've ever had in ministry before, all right from my house, because new beginnings are always in seed form. All right, number two, to have something new, something must die. It's kind of obvious. From what we just talked about, to have something new, something must die. Jesus said in John 12 and 24, very truly, I tell you, unless a kernel of wheat falls to the ground and dies, it remains only a single seed. But if it dies, it produces many seeds or benefits others or starts a whole new field of, of growth and of fruit. You know, if you want to go up, you got to give up. And there's some things you might be holding on to right now that are not producing the life that you once saw. They're kind of dying systems and dying things. I want to encourage you, if you want to go to the next level, you got to take a serious evaluation of the things in your life that are no longer productive. Because to have a new beginning in your life, something's got to die. 
You know, my ministry completely shut down last year. It died in a way. But death always occurs before the spring comes. And death is a good thing. Don't think of it as a bad thing because it's making way for something new. If you want something different, you've got to do something different. And that means that you've got to give up to go up. You know, one time the Lord spoke to me and I I wrote it down this way. Before something shows in the light, it must be shaped in the dark. Death is a burial, folks. You got to be dead and buried. You got to take the seed and the potential that you have. And some of you right now that are listening to me, I want to encourage you. You've got potential and seeds in your life, but you're not seeing productivity because you're not letting those things out into the soil to die. You know, when I started this podcast and YouTube channel relaunch last year, there was a lot of death. There was a lot of pain. There was a lot of struggle. There was a lot of saying goodbye to things that had sustained me in years past. You know, I I, I travel and a lot of my income comes from my travel and I didn't see a lot of that last year, but I had to get busy. Someone asked me how I was doing last year. I mentioned this last time. I said, well, I'm praying a lot and I'm hustling a lot. Just because you die doesn't mean you have to sit there and do nothing. You can be dying in pursuit. Dying is a good thing. Growing, starting something new, dying to your pride. Some people won't ever see anything in their life because they're like, yeah, I don't want to do all that. And and I don't want to have to mix it up with this person and get involved in that or make that move or go here or go there. But what really needs to die is your pride. You know, sometimes your pride will keep you back from seeing amazing potential come to life. So to have something new, something must die in your life. So let's just settle that. Die to your pride. Die to that thing that's holding you back. And let's get going forward. Die to the past. Die to those people that hurt you. Die to the the anger and the bitterness of your past. Let's move forward. Because to see something new, to have something new in your life, something's got to die. All right, number three, plant when and where God says. Plant when and where God says. You know, I mentioned last week that when I saw a green light, I pulled up to a green light and I heard the Spirit tell me, Tony, when I say it's time to go, go. All right, that was important because what was about to come in the weeks ahead would be important to remember what God told me. Again, it all started at green light. You got to plant, begin, and go when God says go. And some of you that are listening to this right now, you may feel that the location you're in where God assigned you is inconducive and non-compatible with the vision and the dream that you have. But see, that's the great place to be because it'll all be to God's glory. He's going to do something through you that your location and your resources could never produce. That's why you've got to always plant when and where God says. Don't question him because timing is official and critical and needed in these moments. You know, I could have missed everything that I'm experiencing right now through our podcast and through uh, the YouTube channel connections that we've made because I thought, well, I'm not going to do this right now. It's not a time. It's the middle of the pandemic. And what good is it going to do? But no, God said, go now. This is a year of new beginnings. You know, God's now is different than your now. Now faith is the things that we hope for and the things that we don't see. 
That's why when God says act, you do it now because we do it in faith. We see the vision, but we do it now. We don't wait for everything to be perfect and all of the situations to align and have all the resources. I've always been this guy that just uses what I got. And yeah, I wish I had more stuff and more gear and more items and more things that could make it better. And those things will come. And they did. I was donated a whole bunch of uh, camera gear, new stuff, really nice stuff toward the end of 2020 because I I planted when God told me if I wouldn't have done it, I would have missed my opportunity. That's why when God says, do it, you do it now. It's okay to ask questions. Really, God? Really? Is this what you want me to do? But God's not going to change his mind. Eventually, you're going to just have to trust him and obey and leave the consequences and results up to him. First Corinthians three and seven, some plant, some water, but God always gives the increase. You can't always trust in your situations and your conditions, which leads me to number four. Don't underestimate unfavorable conditions. Don't underestimate unfavorable conditions. Isaiah 43 and 19 says this, listen carefully, see, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I am making a way in the wilderness and streams in the wasteland. Man, that is just an on time word for some of you. You think I'm in the desert. I'm in no man's land. That's right. You are in no man's land because it's not going to be man that gets the glory or man that helps you out. It's going to be God. You got to see beyond the surface of things. God has always led his people the hard way around. You know, again, I tell you, some people ask me how I was doing last year. I said, I'm hustling and praying a lot, but I was in the middle of a fight, man. Because doors weren't opening and churches were shut down and airports were shut down. I had to pray and I had to get a word from God. And I don't like to bury myself in a hole. I like to plant things and do things. Moses knew the desert. He had been that route many times before. But guess where God leads him? Right into a dead end. And I'm sure Moses was like, man, I could have gone a better way. Why why did you lead me here, Lord? God says, because I want to show you what I can do, not what you can do. You know, a lot of times when God places you somewhere, it's not to show you what you're made of. It's to show you God, to introduce you to God. Adversity introduces you to God all over again for the first time. You know, and some are going to look at what you're doing and they're going to say, man, it's really not a good time for that. You know, people have told me that before. Tony, it's really not a good time for that. But if God tells you it's a good time for it, then it's a good time for it. You know, when Moses walked through the water, it says he walked through on dry ground. And how many of you know that Moses was pretty glad for some dry ground right about then? Don't underestimate the unfavorable condition. It's just so dry in this church. Man, it's just dry in this church. I'm never going to see God do anything here. Listen, man, I've seen amazing things happen in the wildernesses of our lives. He is bringing streams in the wasteland. God wants to show up and show off in unfavorable conditions. And I planted in an unfavorable time last year, and I'm starting to see the fruit come up from the ground. Just yesterday again, wow, I preached to millions of people because I didn't sit around and go, I don't want to do it this way. I died to some of my own conceptions and did what God told me to do. 
You're not going to get the glory for what God does. That's why God takes you somewhere where you can't get. Think about Elijah. The brook dried up for Elijah and he had to go to a widow's house. But Elijah discovered sustained provision and miracles in that location. And a miracle of resurrecting a young man from the dead. The woman's son, they say, was Jonah who evangelized the city of Nineveh. The locations and resources and conditions may have similarities to others, but yours are always going to be unique to yours. You may be in a desert and a wilderness. Don't think you're the only one that God dropped in the middle of the jungle with a water pistol and a compass. Come on, guys. God has so many of his soldiers out there in no man's land. But again, you're in no man's land for a reason because no man is going to get the glory for what he does through you. So don't underestimate unfavorable conditions. God is making a way in your wilderness and cutting out streams in your wasteland. Hey guys, I want to take just a little break halfway through here to remind you to subscribe to the podcast, leave us a generous review, and then share it with some people in your life who need to hear what you're hearing today. I know I ask you to do this a lot, but it really does help us increase our potential to reach more people with the gospel of Jesus Christ and to help people discover how to have peace and joy in every area of their life. Thanks so much for considering. So let's jump back into the second half of these seven revelations that I discovered in my time with God in my green room. All right, number five, don't bury your seed, plant your seed. Don't bury your seed, plant your seed. This is a simple truth. You can't use what you don't have. And so many people, instead of using what they have, they don't use what they don't have and they get nothing done. Many get nowhere because they're waiting for the perfect resources. I'm going to share a little harvest secret with you. Are you ready for this? You ready? This is going to be, this is going to be revelatory. Do nothing, get nothing. You got to just start somewhere. I maxed out my little iPhone and cheap lights and accessories. I, I took my five loaves and two fishes and made thousands of meals and I still have plenty left over. And that's the way God's going to use you. Stop wishing for other things because I really truly believe that God's not going to bless you if you can't steward the little bit that he has given you. It may be a little bit, but it's a lot in the master's hand. Boy, that's old school preaching right there. But you take what little God has given you and max it out. It's amazing what you can get out of five little loaves and two fishes in the hands of the Lord. You know, the unwise steward didn't use the one talent. He buried it. And guess what? It produced nothing for him. Don't bury your seed, plant it. And I want to encourage you, if some of you have five talents, don't just use three of them. For me, I've decided to max out every single resource I have. If I, I can preach, I can write books, I can do podcasts, I can record YouTube videos, I can record music projects. I'm a songwriter. I'm a preacher. I'm a worship leader. I'm an author. I, I am going to max out every resource that I have because it's only going to increase the options for me. You know, if you've got five talents, don't bury the two of them that maybe aren't producing as much as the other three are, but use everything you have. Use all your assets. Use your assets. Don't sit on your assets. <laughs> don't sit on your assets. Use them. Don't bury them. Because if you don't use what you have, you'll never get what you need. I remember the Lord spoke to me one time. I had beginning to make a transition from a church that I was leaving. And God said, Tony, because you used what you had and were faithful with it, I'm going to give you what you've dreamed for. 
What you need is coming if what you have is going. Let me say that again. What you need is coming if what you have is going. If I'm taking what I've got and going with it, then I can trust that in the days ahead, what I really need will come to me. That's how it works every single time. Trust me, it's not magical. You got to work for it. You got to ask for it. You got to raise support for it. You got to save money for it. And I get all that. But the vision won't come to you. You won't even know what you need until you start with what you have. I've had to ask a ton of questions because I know that I want to get better at doing what I'm doing. So in the process, while I'm going, I'm learning and I'm growing and I'm stretching and I'm, I'm seeing what I need. And so that I can ask for it. And, you know, a lot of times we, we think we need all this stuff to get going. And so sometimes we're very wasteful. We spend too much money on gear and items and things and processes and programs and, and, and hire people to do things when all the while what we really needed was already inside of us. So start using what you have and God will bring things into your life. Don't bury your seed, plant your seed. All right. Number six. You have to work your ground. You have to work your ground. Farming and planting seeds is hard work. Let me give you a little revelation here. For work to work, you have to work. Now, I'm a grace preacher. You guys know that. If you go to my YouTube channel, you're going to get solid grace foundation teaching. But I want to give a little secret to you about grace. Grace isn't opposed to effort. It's opposed to earning. Grace doesn't mean you, you don't have to work. You got to take action. You got to take effort. If you're in debt, you got to work to get out of debt. If you've got some struggles in your marriage, you got to work on your marriage. It doesn't happen when you just sit around and go, okay, well, I don't have to do anything. No, 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 no. Paul said, I labor more abundantly because of the grace that's within me. Grace isn't opposed to taking action and giving effort and working. It's opposed to us feeling like we have to earn favor with God or earn our righteousness or earn our place with him. No, you don't. That's done. All of that's done. But in the Christian life, there is effort and action and work and sweat equity. You know, the curse has been broken over our life. We no longer have to sweat to be righteous. But we do have to sweat in the will of God because God calls us to be laborers. Jesus said, pray that the Lord would send forth laborers into the harvest. Working is good. Work works. And the process for me is work. It's labor intensive. It's actually exhausting at times. Man, I hate getting in front of a camera and recording these videos and editing them and adding 10 to 15 extra hours a week to my life. Recording this podcast. I'm doing it right now on Saturday. I'm doing it on Saturday. This is a day of rest for me, but I'm working. Sometimes you got to just work. Okay. Maybe we'll say, well, Tony, you don't, you need a Sabbath. Don't you need rest? Jesus is my Sabbath. And I get breaks and I take breaks. I know when I'm empty, Winston Churchill, who's one of my favorite history characters. He once made the statement, the world is run by tired men. Boy, isn't that true? But when you farm, you have to be intentional and strategic and you have to take action. You have to give effort. When you make a plan, you got to follow through with that plan. You know, the word plant, the root word is plan. You plan and you plant. You can't just plan and not do something. You got to plan and do plan and plant and don't scatter aimlessly. You got to dig. You got to till. You got to plant. You got to fertilize. You got to water. You got to watch. You got to wait. You, you got to do it properly. You have to have a strategy, but you got to work that strategy, y'all. Work that strategy. 
because there's a principle that I learned. You have to work your ground. And finally, number seven. Number seven is be patient and consistent. Be patient and consistent. In 2020, God said, new beginnings. And in 2021, God's word to me for this year moving forward is patience and consistency. Now that I've planted my seed and now that I've got things going, I got to be consistent. I got to do it and keep doing it and keep doing it and be patient and don't be in a hurry and and don't think that everything's going to grow overnight. Be patient, consistent, water my ground, water the seed, do the work of a farmer. It's not just planting, but now it's watering and watching and exposing it to the light and irrigating it and 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 farming my ground you know hebrews 6 and 12 says we do not want you to become lazy but to imitate those who through faith and patience inherit what has been promised promised god's word to me this year is patience and consistency so let's talk a little bit about patience real quick james 5 and 7 says therefore be patient the farmer waits for the precious produce of the soil being patient about it until it gets the early and the late rains you know when I was getting a word from God for this year, this scripture was a big part of that. You know, the Lord said, Tony, you, you, you planted in the early rains and it was exciting. It was new, it was adventurous. And you were, you know, stepping into new ground and there was some nervousness about it and excitedness about it. And you were enjoying it. And the, the new, the new job and the new project and the new creative endeavor, that's the early rains. But now that the early rains are over and the seed is in the ground, I got to be patient and continue to do what I'm doing. You know, a few weeks ago, I was watching some YouTube tutorials on how to, you know, gain uh, access to more subscribers on YouTube. And uh, I was watching and the guy said that sometimes it takes one to two years before the algorithms start working in your favor. That means that every video that I'm producing right now will probably be very old by the time subscribers really start kicking in. He said, because YouTube uh, reads those algorithms and consistency. YouTube is like, oh, okay, this guy is serious. He's putting a video out every week and it starts rolling the algorithms in your favor. That's why I tell you to subscribe and leave reviews all the time because the consistency of doing what I'm doing is going to finally catch on. And I got to tell you, it's hard work. But, you know, farmers don't just do the hard work in the early rains. They go through that patience period. Okay, now that I've done it, you know, the weather's unpredictable and things may not turn out the way I want them to turn out. But I'm going to be patient because I know that I'm in the right process. You know, uh, there's a scripture that uh, tells us a little bit about this process in Genesis 8 and 22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. So there's a natural law. As long as you are alive, as long as the earth remains is what it says. The, The principle is seed time and harvest, seed time and harvest. I like to think of it like this. There is a time for seeds, but I want to break this down in three words, seed time and harvest it's seed then time and harvest and the hardest part of being patient and consistent is being patient and consistent it's the time don't expect this god-given law that works in the system of the universe to change just because you want it to there's a huge difference between you know, your seed and the time. 
It's seed and time, but the harvest is coming, but you got to be patient and consistent. In this scripture that I just read, Genesis 8 and 22 is in the first book of the Bible. It's trying to set a precedent. Seed, time, and harvest. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came just when God wanted him to, but look at how many years had passed before Jesus came. I want to tell you, patience isn't a possession. It's a position. You've got to be patient. It's a position that you take. You don't lose your patience. You just aren't patient. Patient isn't a gift that anybody has. I have a gift of patience. No, you don't. Patience is something that you exercise. And the way you do it is to keep showing up. Man, dude, I'm doing it every week. I keep showing up. Just show up and do it. Do the video. Edit the video. Sit here and record the podcast. Do the editing. Work. Show up. Keep doing it. Show up. Patience. Consistency. I have a love-hate relationship with filming and recording. I like to do it and I hate to do it. But each week I have to do it or I'm not going to see the fruit of it. You got to do it or you're not going to see the fruit of it. If you want to be on God's schedule, it's seed, time, and harvest. You got to be patient and consistent. And I know that that's a word God told me in January of this year, Tony, patience and consistency. You can stay encouraged and hopeful even when nothing is happening because it's a part of the process. Patience and consistency, that time part, which is the largest of the three, that time period that you got to walk through, you can stay encouraged and hopeful and busy and excited because you know that it's part of the law that God established. Plant, wait, harvest. Plant, wait, harvest. And be intentional in your waiting. Wait actively. Do what you need to do while you're waiting. But it's coming, I promise you. Streams in the desert and away in the wilderness is coming. So be patient and consistent. Don't stop doing it. Don't give up. Don't give in to your feelings and your emotions. Keep doing it. Patience isn't a possession. It's a position. Keep showing up day after day after day. And I promise you what happened under the ground, what is going on under the ground right now, the things that people don't see and don't know and haven't heard, they're going to hear it. They're going to see it. They're going to experience it. You're going to bless them with the seeds because when the seed went into the ground, it died as a seed, but it will come forth as many seeds and you'll begin to sow into other people's lives, encouraging other people, bringing them hope and showing them Jesus along the way. So be patient and consistent. Hey guys, that's all the time we've got for today. I hope these seven revelations in my green room have encouraged you, brought some hope into your life and turn some lights on for you. And if it has, I want to encourage you and remind you to subscribe to this podcast, leave us a generous review, and share it with one or two other people in your circle of relationships who need to hear what you've heard today. Hey, I'll be back again next time with a very powerful, uplifting, encouraging teaching to help you discover how to have peace and joy in every area of your life. And until then, we'll see you.